conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Emmanuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream. Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific? Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Deathstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name, everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory, Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Good morning. Look at it. Good morning. Looking, looking good, gentlemen. Good, good morning. morning. It is sunny where Ross is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Very me. Sunny. Yeah, it's usually it's usually you. So that's better, Ross. Much better. Go. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> uh, digital no, nomads. No. I want to wish I would be on the on the seaside or some sort of swimming pool somewhere. Yeah, we should have done this over the weekend. I was down at the beach. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't say anything because, you know, I had my month in Mexico. So, you know, I think we're doing pretty good. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Ross, you are completely disappeared, just an FYI. Uh, but oh, there we go. Um, awesome. Well, it's a good week to have a good week. Uh, we had a, a really good chat last Monday. Um, the topic of the episode, if any of our viewers or listeners didn't, uh, have the opportunity to tune in was unpacking the buzzwords with crypto metaverse blockchain nfts all that good stuff uh, we had a pretty good pretty good session not too bad i think next time we'll definitely bring on uh some experts from like d travel connecting roads whatever you want um but overall really good conversation uh but before we dive into every, everything gentlemen you guys good rocking and rolling good week you guys excited for monday yeah, there's a there's a cool article about D travel that came out shortly after our our show, um, and then the the price of the coin skyrocketed, and then it dipped back. But crypto is it's a wild world, very wild. Well, good stuff here. Um, I think we're gonna jump into what's with the noise, and then we'll go to the startup of the week, and then we're gonna welcome on our guest. So let's say hello to Grandma. This week, another company has secured funding. It is the first week we haven't talked about a merger acquisition in maybe two months, but this week, a pretty big funding round was announced by Andrew Kitchell and the team over at Wheelhouse. Congrats to them. I think it was $16 million. And the I think the second biggest round that uh, a vacation rental pricing company has ever had, second to Beyond Pricings several years ago. So kudos to Andrew and the team. Well done. Looking forward to seeing what you guys can do with that money. Yeah, it looks a bit opposite because normally I mention the investments and, and uh, Michael 
other Michael. The the MAs, but this time is opposite because they really want to nominate Hollybob as a startup of the week. Um, they actually acquired uh, Tourism Solved. Um, I know Greg spoke with him a few times, the CEO of Hollybob, extremely nice guy and smart guy. And super cool. They acquired the company. Um, seems to be that the focus was on the team. If I look at the press release, also on Focus Wire. So Probably acquired only the team and get more experience actually in this field. What is Hollybob doing? They're actually there B2B marketplace for tourism experiences. So as you as a or travel platform, you want to include actually tourist activities. They're actually focusing on B2B integration. So uh, well done, the team of Hollybob. We were joking actually last time when I met him. I think it was during Focus, right, about the spec together. But let's see. <laughs> this might not take place, but uh, I wish Hollybob uh, all the best and uh, well-deserved. Well, awesome. Um, I think before we say, or before we say, before we welcome our guests, uh, to this week's topic is going into how governments are reacting to remote work, you know, digital nomads, all that good stuff. But if you are tuning in to the stream live, type out good morning, and then we will respond. But if you're watching the replay, type in good morning, uh, or sorry, not good morning, type in good, and then whatever you know, crazy sentence you can do. So like, good night, good day, good afternoon, good evening, anything but morning. That's the that's the the key to this live stream. We want to see who's watching live, who's not, who's watching the replay. And if I can get my mouse to work, we can welcome our guests, but it's not working. So we'll move over to the backup one and uh, get ready to welcome Pat. Welcome, Pat. How are you doing, my friend? Good morning. <laughs> yes. Bring I'm, on brand, right? I'm on brand. Let's do it. <laughs> How many of those shirts do you have? Those Hawaii shirts. I just see every when I see your videos on LinkedIn, you have I don't know how many you have. Yeah, I'm collecting shirts, but you know, I have a crazy idea to actually start a brand of shirts. <laughs> because I was like, you know, I use so many shirts. And it's difficult to find like cool ones. So maybe like I should find a designer and, and, and do like a couple of ones <laughs> for myself. Did you get out surfing this morning? Not yet. Not yet. So this morning was a busy, busy morning, uh, but I'm planning to do a session this afternoon. Nice. Wonderful. So yeah, our topic today is how companies are adapting to the digital nomad trend. And I think it's it's something that's continuously gained ground. A few years ago, I, I wasn't so sure about it. COVID happened, and now it seems like the standard and the norm. And what's really cool is to see countries trying to attract people away from London, away from New York and San Francisco and Rome, as you're from, but bring them to their little island like you're at or their small corner of the world and have you know some i guess influx of young and very influential people within whatever segment or or industry they're in so tell us a little bit about your journey and where you are today awesome so thank you so much for inviting guys so it's uh, it's great to to have this uh this talk to you uh with you guys about a very important topic uh, um which uh i call it revolution it, it's a revolution What's happening right now is one of the many revolutions that are that are in the world right now. Um, so yeah, my, my journey started in uh, 2015. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm Italian, uh, born and raised in Rome. 
uh, I got part of my education in Italy, a part of my education in the States, in New York. And I got an opportunity to work for uh, a startup that you all might know, especially after the, the last uh, uh, movie on uh, Apple TV, uh, which, uh, which is called uh, WeWork, and the movie is called We Crash. So I joined the, the company <laughs> back in 2015. Uh, uh, I was uh, one of the first employees in international team. We were 250 Americans and three internationals. And as a, as a European, uh, the company sent me to Europe and they say, OK, go to Europe and replicate everything that we have here in the US, which by the time was just uh, 25 buildings across maybe like five or six different cities. Uh, so just do the same in Europe. And they sent me like with two days notice uh, to Europe and I started operations. I started like running super fast. And, and, and I, uh, you know, I, I started also like uh, adapting uh, to, to change many apartments and many hotels and moving fast and moving often between different cities in Europe. So I wasn't a digital nomad by the time, but I was like becoming a digital nomad without knowing. And, and by, by the time, we're talking about 2015, the word digital nomad, the term digital nomad was not really popular, was not sexy at all. Um, there was a, probably a few, uh, few mil, like maybe like, you know, a couple of millions like in, in the world, like traveling and being nomadic. So I, I, I became actually a digital nomad for necessity because the company asked me to, to move, move fast, go to different cities, go to different countries. And so everywhere where I was, I didn't have a place to stay. So I was just crashing on Airbnbs, hotels, and I was working out of cafes or co-workings, or I was like staying in co-livings. So I, I, that's, that's my, the beginning of my journey. So I, I became digital nomad for necessity, which is uh, something that actually is happening in the last two years. You know, people are becoming digital nomad for necessity because they can travel the world and they have like more flexibility and they realize, oh, I'm a digital nomad. Um, so, which, which is a cool part. Uh, my journey uh, after WeWork, I lived uh, um, after like being uh, around like Europe, uh, I moved to Asia. So I lived in uh, Southeast Asia and in Southeast Asia, I really understood the, the, the term digital nomad and how to be a digital nomad. I started hanging out in Chiang Mai with these like 40, 50 people, uh, organizing meetups every week. We were learning about we're learning stuff about uh, software engineering, HTML, uh, photography, uh, writing, and, and everybody was like sharing something with the community. And slowly, slowly, every week, like three or four people were joining and three or four people were joining. And the community was starting like to be bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we always have to struggle with the visa run, which today I want to talk about it because we are talking about governments and how to attract digital nomads and the visas the governments are creating. Back in the days, we had visa run which was basically something that we have to run <laughs> to get a visa <laughs> and to get a stamp on a board, uh, uh, to get a stamp on a passport, on, on, on our passport. So most likely you have to jump in a bus five, six hours, going from you know, one country to another country, pass the border while walking, get a stamp, and then like, hanging out like maybe half an hour in the other country, and then go back to, that, to, the, to, the, to the country where you were six hours back to go back to the city, and then you can stay for another three months. So countries by the time were not friendly with us at all. They actually like, you know, so, so many people working with laptops in cafes and co-workings that would say, what are these guys? What are they doing here? Are they working and not paying tax? So, and then, um, and then also like companies were not like really interested to, to hire people remotely. So back in the days, the community was just freelancers digital tech entrepreneurs we're doing like affiliation marketing uh, drop shipping 
advisor consultants. So yeah, I was uh, I was like advising companies after we work, and I was like paying like you know nothing to live in Thailand and and Southeast Asia and and and, and traveling around. Um, and then my journey continued. Like the biggest experience that I had recently was uh, uh, working with Selena. Selena is the fastest growing company in the hospitality industry, and um, it's, it's 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 the digital nomad hotel of the future, known uh, as as this name as this term. And uh, Selena, I, I was uh, part of the team uh, that built Selena from uh, 40 hotels to over 100 hotels. I led the global partnerships and the go-to-market strategy for the company, and that like really made me to to complete everything that I I was learning about this amazing nomadic community uh, around the world. Uh, besides that, I advise companies and I'm building a couple of ventures, new ventures, and I make content every week uh, educating people how to be digital nomad and educating companies how to shift to become a remote work, a remote force uh, corporation. Nice. Pat, I've got a, a couple of questions. That was a really good intro and I'm envious <laughs> of, uh, of how well you did that. And we, we can all probably <laughs> learn something. Um, a couple of things. You mentioned Selena. One of the things that, that I've noticed with the co-living companies like Selena is you go to Colombia, and I could rent an apartment in Colombia for $600 uh, a month, or I could go to Selena and pay three times that. Why... Do you think you're getting an authentic kind of digital nomad experience living in a Selena? Or do you think it's better just to go on your own, rent something from Airbnb or from some local broker and, and get a kind of more authentic experience? That's a great question, Michael. So uh, I, I will answer this question uh, with, with another question to you. So <laughs> when, you, when you travel, uh, would, you, would you travel on the road by yourself or would you... Like, like, or do you want to connect with people? So what's your goal? Because being on the road is not easy. I've been between, uh, now like from 2015 to as of today, I travel across four different continents. I never stop. I never have a home. You know, I have a home now like in this place, but you know, I have, yeah. I have a place to stay and to crash everywhere where I, where I am. But my goal is to connect with the community as soon as possible. So Selena, Selena, might be like maybe more expensive than an apartment in Colombia, but Selena is a platform that offers like community. So when you once you go like to Selena, you most likely gonna find a life partner, most likely you're gonna find friends, most likely you're gonna find a business partner, most likely you're gonna find amazing experiences. People today are craving for experience. Like we want to buy experience. We don't want to buy like a bucket list travel where I go and then I just visit. I want to have an experience. I want to meet people, especially after these two years. So what Selena offers, Selena offers different products. So you can stay actually Selena even in a dorm, which might, might be less expensive than an apartment in Colombia if you stay in the dorm. And the dorm is not a bad experience because like you're gonna have like dorm for four, six people and then you hang out with these people and it's cool. Uh, and then Selena has different products. So the dorm, the, the room without bathroom, the room with the bathroom, which is a standard, and then it goes up to loft and suite, which is more expensive. But you know, Selena is, is I think, uh, I think the secret of Selena is is a global platform. So everywhere you go, it's a standardized customer experience where you you land in a place, you feel safe, especially in Latin America, and don't forget like many 
it's also a good 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 uh, good platform for you know women that travel alone and you know they, they feel safe they just say hey i go to selena because i feel safe there uh, and also is, is a place to connect and to to get experience so that's that's what i i would say well pat can i ask you a question on um you talk because we're talking about price points and you know i i didn't travel between four different continents at all but i was in mexico for a month in in march and for for my my kind of like mindset when it comes to either digital nomad ship or just travel in general i'm going to pay for more comfort so whether like i don't know do you see that a lot with a lot of travelers that you're connecting with in the world that they're willing to pay a little bit more just to have that comfortable experience but then also to be kind of embedded in that community aspect because when i was in mexico like i definitely walked away with a couple lessons like one i definitely can't solo travel like i definitely need to be with some like a small group of friends or at least another person because just my personality. Um, but two, I was like in the local, local, local heart of Cancun. So like there was no really digital nomad community. There it was very much people that were born and raised. Um, so I was definitely willing to go after learning that, like pay a little bit more to get in front of that community that is traveling and kind of around that comfortable, uh, maybe like, I don't know, situation. So do you see that the same with any, you know people that you're meeting while you're traveling as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think it's a great point. Uh, um, I remember back in the days when I moved to Thailand, I, I rented this apartment that was cost like I think it was around like 450 US dollars per month. And my friends, my new friends, digital nomads, they were there in, in Chiang Mai with me. They were giving me hard time. They say, "Oh man, you're too fancy." I was like, "I'm too fancy." <laughs> I like 450 US dollars per month. I'm too fancy. I was like questioning that. I was like, "Am I not like I'm I'm not like the right digital nomad?" And, and these people were living in a, in a small room, paying like 100, 150 US dollars per month. And then the yeah. same thing was like going to the restaurant. I, w- I didn't want to get sick. You know, I want to get like, you know, a yeah. good meal and not get sick, which is easy like to get in, in Southeast Asia. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to go like to a restaurant, a vegan restaurant that I pay like maybe $5 per meal. And my friends were paying like $1, $1 and a half like <laughs> per meal. And, and they were giving me a hard time. And I was like, I don't understand. So now to answer your question, <laughs> back in the days, we used to be freelancers. We used to be like digital tech entrepreneurs of drop shipping, like new, new platform, new marketplaces. So the, the, the volume and the, the cash, like, you know, and the, the, the income that you can make was definitely different from the income that you can make today that we have like more opportunities. We have opportunities working for American companies that pay us an American salary but we can travel wherever in the world and we can stay in Mexico, which is, you know, quite like less expensive than the U.S. And, yes. and so I, I want to have like a more comfortable life. Why not? Right. So that, that makes like, you know, the, your decision. And also, uh, you know, today there is crypto. And I remember back in the days, like the traders, like some digital nomads were traders, but they were trading like stock. They were trading like shares. Yeah. So yeah. today, like, you know, many digital nomads, they trade crypto. So it's, 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 it's a new volume and new, new, new opportunity, new income opportunity for all of these guys. So to, to, to finish to answer the question is, it doesn't matter, like, you know, if you want to be comfortable or not comfortable, because, like, there are some people that travel maybe 365 days per year. They yeah. make, like, um, you know, like a normal salary. And, you know, it's not like, you know, they have an American salary or whatever, like, you know, a corporation salary, an executive salary. So these yeah. people, they probably plan for the long term. And so they decide to go like cheaper. But if you travel, if you're a remote worker that you say, hey, I have flexibility for two, three months per year to travel wherever I want. Why not going like comfortable, you know, having like an experience. Uh, so ob- obviously like mixing with the local community, having an amazing experience. So not going like to the one and only in, uh, in Baca, California. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. the remote workers can, you know, will do that. 
but uh, but uh, yeah, but why not? Why not? I think comfort is important when you travel. <laughs> Well, I remember when uh, the pandemic started, some employees were asking, can I just go somewhere else for a few months? And I remember that we had some issues by, uh, by for example, uh, tax regulations and everything there, right? So I think it's also a bit, a bit to the topic of today is like, it, you said, okay, you can work for American companies, but of course you have to be registered somewhere. You have to pay your taxes somewhere. So do you see yeah. this? Um, how, how, how does it work for you? You're paying your tax. I don't know if you, <laughs> I hope you pay tax. If not, also fine, it's up to you. But yeah. this is, of course, it's, it, it is challenging, right? Okay, where do you pay your taxes? If you're staying longer for a certain time, do you see some regulations there, some difficulties there in being a nomad? So let, let, let's get uh, deep in the, in the topic. So I, <laughs> I mean, I'm in Barbados now. So I'm in Barbados. Barbados is an island in the Caribbean, a beautiful island. Like, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's, it's, it's amazing what these guys uh, did to promote this island. Uh, and Barbados was one of the first countries in the world that promoted a digital nomad visa. So a visa called the welcome stamp for remote workers and digital nomads. Uh, it was a huge promotion. And many people came to Barbados, like me, because, you know, I was uh, attracted by it. And I was like, okay, let me go and let me check it out. Uh, the prime minister did a fantastic job. The team did a fantastic job, and they kept these people for you know for the year. So you can stay here for one year, uh, working remotely. So wherever you you are from, you can stay here for one year. You can uh, go out and come back as many times as you want, but you are not resident, so you don't pay the tax in the country. But you pay the tax where you are from in the country where you are from, uh, where you, you you definitely have the base. So now uh, there is something that in the in the in the world right now that is not really clear. So where do digital nomads pay tax? So digital yeah. nomads, yeah, it, it's something that nobody understands. And, 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 and yeah, probably, you know, probably <laughs> the so maybe they get like residency there and they, they pay the So but uh, you know it, it's it's important to understand that we all have a residency somewhere in the world. We all have a residency somewhere in the world, and we all pay tax like you know, somewhere in the world. So now there are ways to uh, pay, you know, maybe like you know, there are ways that potentially governments in the future. Uh, they will attract uh, people not on the base of, you know, just, hey, come and visit our country. And you know what? We have a beach. We have, like, you know, this place. Come. We have the mountains. And you work from here. But I feel like the big opportunity in the world in the future will be, hey, you know what? Be a digital nomad. Travel everywhere in the world. But if you say that if you're a resident in my country, I give you special benefit to pay some sort of tax that you can keep traveling the world but you pay the tax in my country. That is going to be the big game changer in the next mm -hmm. years where countries are going to fight against each other and they're going to say, oh, I'm going to offer you also benefit tax right now because, you know, right now, so, so far, the visa situation is just an entry. So, so yeah. it's something is, anybody, that, is anybody doing that now? So there are over uh, 46 countries right now. Um, I, Italy was the last now, the last announced uh, as uh, Spain and Italy was, uh, were the last to announce uh, as countries that they, they are creating uh, digital nomad visas. Uh, so usually digital uh, visas are for uh, one year, two years. So there are like countries like Barbados is one year, um, like, you know, Italy is looking for one year. Other countries is like one year, two years, some countries six months. Uh, and now Spain is like, actually like going even like further with like three years. Uh, so now like digital nomads are not going to stay three years in a country. So most likely they're going to stay for like six months, one year. So that's the average. You know, now it's like less comfortable to travel for like lots of restrictions. So you can stay like a bit, a bit longer before it used to be like three months, four months in a country. So uh, these visas, you know, now we're talking about 46 countries. So everybody say, come to me. I give you a visa. You can stay. 
as long as you want. You don't have to like, you know, go out, uh, get a stamp, whatever. So comfortable situation. So I believe that in the next one year, this country is going to say, hey, now I promoted. I got some people here. I want to get more because this thing is, is happening and this thing is booming. So they're going to create like new, new regulations. So that's what I'm expecting. And, uh, and we're, we're, and looking at, we're looking. I, I think the Spain and Italy kind of marks a, maybe a change from what countries were typically seeing for digital nomad visas. Uh, this year, I've seen Romania, Thailand, Brazil, Hungary, Latvia, yeah. You're in Barbados, you know, Malta's done it, Georgia's done it. Um, so it's it's typically not your US, Canada, England, yeah. but with Spain and Italy starting to do it, that could start to create some competition between the the bigger economically developed countries. Uh, but I love that the smaller countries, quite frankly, so I, I lived a digital nomad life for a little less than a year as well. And I spent most of my time in Eastern Europe, in Poland and Hungary and uh, Slovenia. I absolutely loved it. But you do it because it's a little bit cheaper. It's uh, It has everything that you need. And in fact, in, I found them to be more comfortable than France or England or Ireland. Um, but I, it's interesting now to see the big companies countries doing it do you think that's going to be a trend to to start seeing the rest of western europe join in yeah most likely it's going to be a trend uh but i think like these countries you know like a country it, it's a, it's a revenue opportunity for a country right so these countries are creating a visa where they say you know what like come and stay for one year and pay me something to stay here for one year so it's a revenue opportunity for a country it's a it's a revenue opportunity to attract a new target to the country uh, you know, these big countries, they have tourism, they have different kinds of tourism. They have like family tourism, they have business tourism, they have young generation tourism, they have, you know, senior tourism. Like if we talk about, you know, small countries, they probably have like only like one target, uh, tourism. So now they, they want to attract like young generation, the new new people. And the new people also, they, they might going to like, like the country, they might going to do an investment in real estate, which mm -hmm. is something that Europe is looking now because, you know, Italy, Spain, uh, France, you know, they have like these small villages, uh, beautiful villages. And, you know, they, they, most of these villages are, you know, abandoned, not abandoned, but like, you know, there are like maybe like a few hundred people living there and maybe old people. So once the old people are going to, you know, pass, like they, they're not going to have like, you know, new people in the village. Yeah. And so the village is going to be like empty. So like these countries are saying, hey, you know what? I also give you, you know, the house at one euro or whatever. You know, I give you like an opportunity to to stay here, to land in my country, to stay in my country. And by the way, you can also buy real estate. So I think it's a great opportunity for country to create visas for digital nomads because it's a great opportunity to create to, to, uh, for revenue, for the revenue of the government, for the revenue of real estate, and for the local businesses and the local community to create attraction and businesses around this new target. What it seems, you know, in, in my journeys, I was in my early mid twenties. And it seems that nowadays it's, it's shifting up the economic threshold and up the, the age threshold. What do you, what do you say the, the typical demographics look like and what are the ages? Are they single? Are they married? Do you see families? Do you, do you see people making $200,000 or, or is it always, you know, $20,000? 
Well, I don't think I get a proposal at home if I say I'm going for two years uh, being digital <laughs> nomad. I don't think that my wife will agree. I don't know about yours, Michael, but <laughs> I can't pro I'll propose it after the so. <laughs> after the recording. <laughs> so I made a video. Uh, so I, as I said, you know, I create content uh, where I educate people to become digital nomad and I inspire people to become digital nomads. So one of the first videos that I made was uh, three facts about digital nomads. And, 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 and they say that, you know, digital nomads are not only single uh, and, and, and young. So to answer your question, the, the, probably the most popular uh, demographic of digital nomads goes between 25 to 40. That's the most popular. We're talking the most popular. There is no limitations to go beyond or above that number. Because, you know, honestly, like, you know, you can travel, you can have opportunities, you, you can do everything you want. Like the nomadic life doesn't have like, you know, limitations. Now, the, the, the only thing that people think is, oh, I got two kids and, you know, I'm not going to travel because it's difficult <laughs> to travel. So yeah. there are many families actually traveling the world and living the nomadic family, living the, sorry, living the nomadic life. And, and, and there are many couples. So like nomads are not only single, like there are many couples that travel together and many families that travel together. So one of the biggest problems that families are thinking is, how do I educate my kids? Because, you know, yeah. if I travel within like six months, one year, like how do I educate my kids? So there must be some, some new venture. And if, if I work on something, I'll let you know in the, in the, in the, in the, the next, uh, in the next months, but I'm thinking something, <laughs> but it must be something about creating like a global school where people, you know, can, where, where kids of nomads can land wherever in the world and can study, you know, digital. Yes, because they, they need like education, but also social. Yeah. Because kids need like socialize with other kids, so there must be like some some project like that. Um, if somebody is uh, listening to us, needs to create it, or I'm gonna create it, or we are gonna create <laughs> it together. But you know, it's an opportunity, and um, and and that's that makes like you know the target to go also like over like not only young and couples, but also like families, and not only like 25 to 40, but also like older uh, older people like than, than 40. And, and about like the, 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 the income, there is not really an income. So I feel like digital nomads maybe like makes around like 50,000 50, per year, 50,000 US dollars per year. They can make like 30,000 per year and they can still like travel the world or they can make $100,000 per year and, and they can have like a, maybe like a more comfortable nomadic life. Uh, and today, like many companies are giving a fully like remote 100% policy. So that means that digital nomads can be having like a very comfortable life, having a, a, an income from a corporation in the States or Europe or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And is, is it typically jobs that you can work any hours or people waking up at four in the morning and working until noon and then going out and surfing? So, um, <laughs> so pay yourself before everything and everybody else. That's my mantra. So I always surf before everything that I do in my day mm -hmm. to pay myself and to, to be ready and focused for the day. But so it's, it's literally like there are people that, you know, like for example, a country like Barbados. Barbados is such an amazing time zone. Like you, you can work. I'm in the same time zone with New York right now. I'm a couple of hours mm -hmm. from uh, LA and San Francisco from, you know, uh, West Coast. I'm one hour like from uh, Panama and four or five hours from Europe and the UK. So it's a perfect time zone. So digital nomads always look for the best country where they have the best time zone and when they, they, they say, okay, I'm going to work hard, but you know, digital nomads work hard. It's not just, it's not like vacation. So they work yeah, hard. Yeah. People like they work very hard because they have to make like, you know, income every month. 
And most they also of them have to work a little bit harder to get through like all the travel agendas and yeah, like the yeah, flights yeah. and trains and yeah, buses they, they have or whatever. The they have to organize yeah. their, yeah. their whole schedule, like changing apartments, everything. And they don't have an assistant, so they yeah. have to do everything by themselves. Plus, they have to make money because they are freelancers, they are tech entrepreneurs. Yeah. So they have really to push hard. So, but uh, to answer your question is, is you know, it's uh, it, it, I think it's a way of uh, understanding where is the where is your target customer. So if your company is based in the U.S. and the company wants you to work in the same time zone, where should you go? Mexico, Panama, uh, Latin America, or uh, Caribbean islands, whatever. It's perfect. But if yeah. you are a freelancer, if you are like you know an entrepreneur, you can go wherever you want because you can work at your schedule. And yes, digital nomads work even like early morning because I saw some people working from here, like in with a welcome stamp. They actually work for the UK companies and they have to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, but, but, you know, they love it because then they wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and then like by 2 p.m., 3 p.m., they're free and they go surfing and they go, they go crazy on the beach. So, uh, so it's good. So it's, it's really like a matter of like deciding where, where, where is your business, where is your target customer. Makes sense. Totally love it. Well, uh, no, I'm going to propose it after this recording. Especially when this is cool, but that's a good point. It's the schooling part, and this is something, of course, we discuss. And sometimes, if you're gonna remove, if you're gonna move to different places, even like temporarily, for example, it's still, of course, a challenge with school is is there, right? So, if there's a solution for this, I think it could it could work. But no, super interesting. It's, it's like you're about to start his. Uh... I, I have one yeah. more question, um, and we're getting close to time. You've mentioned several times digital nomad and remote work. Is there a difference? Absolutely. <laughs> there is a difference. And I made another video. I don't want to like promote my videos, but I think, you know, it's important to educate people. So what are the yeah. three? There are differences between digital nomads and remote workers. So first difference, digital nomad doesn't have a base. He's a person that travels the world, doesn't have a base, and keep traveling, keep traveling, keep traveling. Remote worker is a person that has maybe one month, two months, three months or more, flexibility to work remote by the policy of the company and, and they decide to, you know, to, to do that maybe like close to the country where they are or maybe they go like from the other part of the world and then they go back but they stay only like for a limited time. Now, the second, the second main difference is, you know, I always say digital nomads as uh, like digital nomads have no possessions. They, work, they live like a very minimal life. They, they, the most important possessions for people like us are passport, laptop and carry on back that's it you don't want to have other stuff you and how you, you, do digital nomads look <laughs> down upon remote workers no 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 actually no it's i mean actually they're both connected because remote workers most likely will become digital nomads because it's like you it's a test of freedom guys it's a test yeah. of freedom it's what is creating the revolution right now in the world if you see the articles every day, there are so many companies that say, hey, please come back to the office. Okay, perfect. I go back to the office because, you know, my companies asked me to go back to the office after one year, one year and a half, two years of remote, remote life. So I have to go back because I want to keep the, the job. But now I go back to the office. I open my Instagram profile and I see Johnny. I see Jessica. I see Mike. I see Pat, like traveling and like posting pictures everywhere in the world. They work remotely. I say, I was like this why I'm stuck in the office right now and I have to pay $3,000, $4,000 per month of rent to be 20 yeah. minutes, 30 minutes because I don't want to commute. I want to live that life. And, and, and you know, like that's going to be like, that's going to create the revolution because people are going to just say, I'm going to quit. That's it. So more companies are going to go remote and they're going to say, okay, you know what? 100% remote. Come, come to work for me. 
And then people are going to say, okay, you know, I was a remote worker. Now I can be a digital nomad. That's the attraction. I want to be digital nomad for like one year, two years, three years. I saw people like having the best time of their life once they started traveling and became a digital nomad. It's an opportunity to see the world while you travel. It's the best opportunity ever. You can meet people. You can meet like a life partner. You can meet, yeah, you can meet like the local community everywhere. You can learn languages. It's an amazing opportunity. And and I really, really inspire everyone to try it. So go for the one month and try. Go to the two months and try. And then go crazy. <laughs> we'll do it. I'm going to make sure my wife watches this one too. <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. For, first thing, like, you know, maybe the apartment that you, I don't know if you own a rent apartment, but that, that can be like, you know, one possession. So, uh, you know, digital nomads, yeah. yeah, digital nomads usually like, you know, if, if we own an apartment, we rent it out. Or if we rent something, we quit the lease and then we go, we go to the nomadic life. Yeah. 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 I've, I've always been in the travel industry because I've enjoyed travel and it gets paid for by the companies I work for. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's just the next level of, of, uh, travel. I guess I, I still have one more question. We could probably have you <laughs> on for another. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. I know it. I know it. When your company or the companies that are employing the digital nomads, say we need you to come to a conference or to come to a meeting or this or that, go visit clients. Are they paying for your flight from Thailand to Boston or is that up to you? That's a very good question. It's a very <laughs> good question. So um, I, I think today, uh, like companies, they are, what, what is happening today that many companies that they give like 100% remote flexibility, right? So we are talking about companies that say, okay, you know what? Go crazy, go digital nomad, go nomadic, 100%. You can work everywhere in the world. So people, they let's say you are from US, from the US, and you work from an American company and you, you, you decide, okay, you know what? I go to Bali. So you go to Bali. Then the company, the company that does this is also saving money in real estate because they used to have a building with four, five, six different floors. And now they're just going to get like maybe one floor or maybe they're going to rent like a space in a co-working. And they say, you know what? Every time you, you have to go back to New York, you just like, you know, land in the, in the, in the, in the one floor. We work all together because we're not going to be like packed. And also, we can be in the co-working, maybe like a couple of desks there, and so you can work from there if you if you need to go back to to New York. So now companies are saving money for real estate, and and so the money that they're saving from real estate for the office, they're going to invest in people. So they have more, like more cash, more money to invest in people, more money to invest in a corporate retreats. So they say, you know what, guys, you are everywhere in the world. At least every two months, I bring you like in a place which is central for every everybody. And then I do an offsite, which is another great opportunity for business. Corporate offsite. So everybody. I think we brought that up. Uh, yeah. It's, I think it's we brought that up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's yeah. a great opportunity. Yeah. So they're going to bring people together in a place and people are going to do like teamwork. They're going to connect uh, and they're going to build culture because that's the biggest problem for companies. They have to keep culture and build culture, especially with the new employees that they hire while they are nomadic, while they are, they are remote. So now to answer your question. So if the company is going to get these people to the location, they're going to have budget because before they used to have budget to let these people go and meet clients and travel and stay in the hotel. Now they don't have to pay anything else. They don't have to pay like, you know, any other benefits. They only like, they say, you know what? I really need you in the office in New York. I'll pay the, I'll pay the flight, you know, I'll pay the flight. I, I, I don't mind. 
So that's what I what I what I seeing right now with a couple of companies that I that I advise or that I work with. So they say, you know what? Just come. I pay the flight, but you know, I'm saving lots of money. So you know, it's okay to pay like one flight every like three four months. Nice. Fair enough. I love, I love it. it. Yeah. yeah that's good so I have a lot of questions right, uh, written down, but it will be take too long, I think, for this episode. Well, we're gonna do another after. session, guys. We're gonna <laughs> yeah, do another session. Do we'll, do we'll definitely need to do a part two and bring you back on. Um, Pat, we have a couple segments that we do normally. Uh, we're gonna skip one. It's called Whose Brand Is It Anyways? We usually throw out a, a soft brand of a hotel uh, to have you guess what what uh big parent company belongs to but i know michael golden loves to ask rapid fire questions for all our guests and so i prepared a few uh knowing that we're probably going to do this um so i think we'll we'll go in order uh golden if you want to start i'll let you start because i know this is your favorite part but uh you know if you <laughs> if you want sure um ski surf or skate Ah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be a professional skier, so that was my past. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a surfer, so I would say surf, hundred percent. Okay. Uh, favorite type of food in the world? Pad Thai. Okay. Pad Thai. Okay. I love right. the pad Thai. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's probably one of like, my favorite dish. So you would say like this Italian is crazy, you know? It's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> An Italian, an Italian from Rome that likes pad thai. I one answer to that. But so, yeah, uh, 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 you know, you know why? That's the nomadic life. So be prepared. Everybody that traveled the world and be nomad for like maybe more than five years, then is going to forget the pasta and is going to appreciate more the pad thai and other stuff. It was my question: pizza or pasta? So, uh, <laughs> pizza, 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 okay. pizza. Good pizza you can find everywhere. Electronic music or acoustic music? Uh, electronic music. Crypto or no crypto? Crypto, 100%. <laughs> and now we know how you're paying your nomad life. So, request, <laughs> true story. If you've seen that, what's the first three episodes? Newman was like this? So, let's say that. Um, I think uh, I think obviously it's a movie, right? So they have to show like you know something like more in a movie way. So my 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 take on on the movie is like you know Adam Adam uh, is a visionary. You know Adam Adam built like you know a company that has locations everywhere in the world. He raised like money, like he raised lots of money, and you know definitely like probably in the movie they 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 show like some of the the things that didn't work for the company and didn't work for Adam. But uh, honestly, like what we built, every employee, every WeWork employee, former employee or current employee is happy. Is happy. To, so you to were screaming as well. We work. We yeah, we work. We work. We were at summer camp. We were at summer camp <laughs> screaming. We work. It, it was like an amazing, okay. like it was an amazing okay. way to connect, especially for people like me. I didn't leave everything that they show in the movie because yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't in HQ. You know, people were in HQ. I was. Uh, I was on the road. So I was on the road, I was alone on the road, traveling around the world and opening WeWork everywhere. So I didn't leave any of the parties that these guys did, any of the crazy stuff, you know, that happened in the movies. I, did, I didn't see that. But uh, I, I can say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud for like the experience that I had in WeWork. It was a fantastic experience. I met so many entrepreneurs, so many crazy creators in the world. We built a fantastic community. And when I see back, I see like lots of like people that I, I hired and and they became like you know very important in the company and lots of buildings yeah. open and lots of opportunities. We we work or Selena? Selena. 
Selena, Selena changed uh, changed my life again, and I actually travel Latin America thanks to Selena. I live in Barbados thanks to Selena, and I I started like surfing more aggressively thanks to Selena, and I really understood the nomadic life uh, thanks to Selena. I, it was a fantastic experience. I worked for the company for two years. I'm still like you know in contact with Rafi and and the, the the other guys that work at Selena and potentially hopefully like working together in some other projects but it's it's amazing so i think uh, i think Selena i love it well uh, i'm curious to know apple or android apple okay perfect uh yes. i used to be android plane... <laughs> you used to be android okay you came over yeah. to the dark side then exactly good. <laughs> uh well uh car plane or train for travel um uh, of foot. About. <laughs> of foot. <laughs> foot. <laughs> uh, um, I, I think, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, I mean, plane is always been like, you know, the, the fastest way for me to, to get to the cities, to get to countries everywhere where I was. Yeah. But I always enjoy like, you know, a, a ride on a car and maybe if it's also electric car, even better, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like move, moving, moving a lot. We, we also like, we also part, we also part of, you know, uh, consuming lots of energy and, and and i think like you know if we if we move in a different way in a sustainable way you know if, if i can get a car and it's a green car electric car besides like you know, instead of like getting a flight you know i would love it awesome for sure well that was all my rapid fire questions i i uh the rest kind of pertain to the other one was like truck car or motorcycle but that's kind of like the same thing but uh yeah anyways all good awesome, yeah. pat I wanted to say thank you so much for having or not having a oh my gosh this energy drink is like kicking in at the same time so I'm like uh, but for Let joining us on the show, that's why it's there no I wish one, one day we'll get them <laughs> um, but no seriously Pat thank you so much for joining us on such short notice you brought in a ton of uh, knowledge and obviously I know you said you didn't want to promote your videos but we're gonna plug your videos in the show notes because I feel like it's that important it helps relate to the topic for everyone understanding and listening to this uh, conversation. And, and hit us with that number of countries that have the visas again. Yeah. So I would say it's between 45 to 50 right now. But, uh, but I can give you like, you know, I'm, I'm making a video next week about the visas and, and countries. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. still doing research. It's really like, you know, every, every, every week, month, there is a new country. And also there are some countries that are not really digital nomad visas, but they used to have these visas and now they call it digital nomad visas. So, but I would say it's between 45 to 50. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks for joining. Guys, thank you so much. It was great to connect with you and amazing opportunity to speak about this amazing revolution of nomadic and remote work. Yes, we'll definitely have you in for a part two. Definitely a part two coming. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys.